0: Rated M for Mature. Because we don't believe in scripted advertisements, we're going to do this raw.
1: I'm regretting this decision.
0: No, you're not. This is the DL Weekly Gaming News. There's nothing to regret here because it's your source for everything in the gaming world. Every week, we bring it to you. Unscripted. Unfiltered. That's why it's rated M for Mature, right, Brenna?
2: among many, many other reasons.
0: I am one of your hosts, Jameson.
2: And
3: as he already said, I am Brenna, the other glorious part to this quality podcast.
0: You can find us every week wherever you listen to your podcasts at DL Gaming News. And you can also find us on Instagram and Twitter if you want some gaming news in your social media feed every day at DL Gaming News.
1: And uh, you can find us individually if you really, really, truly want to see our faces. I am at DL underscore Mother Goose.
0: And I'm at DL Jameson. And this was an advertisement. Go fuck yourselves.
4: Robots Radio presents...
3: Fresh Tomatoes, the movie podcast.
4: I'm not usually a hat fan, but wow. Maybe like a bayon dagger!
3: I'm really sipping on that dumb bitch juice today, and um. <laughs> yeah,
2: I am. But you know what? Someday I just might grow out of that, but you you will never stop being a jerk.
4: All chocolate cakes are good. You're a fascist.
0: It's hideous.
4: It's horrible.
5: It's home. Angry white boy,
3: let's go!
4: Hello and welcome to Fresh Tomatoes The Movie Podcast, the only podcast to watch watch the movies, read the cliff notes, and still get an A. That's Simone LaRue.
3: And that's Chad Echowitz. What a great introduction.
4: Now I was thinking about it today, actually, and I was thinking, like, I was gonna ask you, were you one of those people in high school who just like watched the movie and read the cliff notes and still got an A? But I know us. <laughs> you know. I, <laughs> and, you
3: know I wasn't.
4: <laughs> and I know you wouldn't be. <laughs> so I was like, that's a that's a really bad question to ask. No. Like you, I can imagine you were the super nerd.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. My strategy, like, obviously, I read the book and then like took notes when we <clears throat> went through it in class, and then I would also <clears throat> go on SparkNotes and read their notes on all the different themes and Ooh. stuff. Um so I really yeah. just use SparkNotes for like extra supplementation. It was never I I always read the book. Oh my god.
4: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, could you imagine? I mean, uh, I think the only time that I didn't finish the book or read the book was The Hobbit. Um, and I don't know why because I love The Hobbit, but I didn't finish it yeah. and we got completely railed by our teacher because I went to her, like I was yeah. the goody two shoes and I, I I can't believe I did this, but I grasped. I went to the teacher and I was like, "Listen, I haven't read the book, but like a whole bunch of us haven't." So like, can we get an <laughs> extension? And she was like, "No." And then we it's went such into a class. Dick i know i know i felt really shitty it. so we go into class and she's like okay who hasn't read your, read the book put your hands up so i put my hands up because she obviously knew and no one else did so she went around quizzing every single person on different parts of the book No, <gasps> it was vicious and i felt Mad. so bad like snitches get stitches and i should have got stitched up from that yeah yeah um, and that's yeah.
3: a that's certainly a lesson to learn chad <laughs>
4: Exactly. And then after that, I read I read the books because I was never, I don't want to be put in that position ever again. That's for sure.
3: <laughs> I feel bad because I think the only, no, I must have finished it. I definitely finished it. Actually, never mm. mind. I was thinking Cry the <laughs> Beloved Country. I really struggled mm-hmm. to get through it because it's a dense book.
4: Yeah, it's really intense. And the
3: prose is very, uh, like, lyrical. So it actually, mm-hmm. like, it put me straight to sleep because, like, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a lot. It's, it's very yeah. beautiful. But, like, yeah. but I'm pretty sure I did finish shit how focused i was as i finished it yeah. is up for debate
4: <laughs> different different question but that's quite an intense mm. book to be giving you in high school like what the hell
3: yeah <laughs> this was when i went to a fancy international school
4: <laughs> right okay yeah where yeah. the standard is just that little bit higher to so just much your higher <laughs> Well, talking about standards that will kick your ass, these two movies are definitely not part of those. So what book to movie adaptations are we doing for this week's episode, Simone?
3: We are doing 2004's Stepford Wives, (laughs) and we are doing 2010's Jack Black extravaganza Gulliver's Travels.
4: You know, I just, I I wonder about Jack Black because I love him. He's a great guy. He brings a lot of, of, of passion to things, but there are just some movies where he just comes along and he just takes a. Big old dump on it. Like, mm. very, very mm. hit and miss with that guy.
3: To be fair, I did Spark Notes, the original source material. Yes. Uh, and it sounds very strange as well. So I was like, yeah. oh, okay. Yeah. They did, I think they went where they could with this.
4: <laughs> Look, the original book, I mean, to be fair, the original books was like written in the 1800s, as far as I remember. It's like a super early book novel. And it is really, really weird and very dry. It's sort of that old school 1800s peculiarity where things are like, like I remember they went to one country and it was, or or like Gulliver went to one land and it was a a bunch of horse people who could only speak the truth.
3: And he actually really liked the horse people. But the thing is that they have a subjugated race of humanoid people. Yeah, And once the horse people realized he was very similar to the humanoid people that kicked him out and he was actually very sad because he wanted to stay with the horse people (laughs) and then he was like he had this weird internalized disgust with himself for looking like the humanoid things yeah because he so admired the horse people (laughs) um yeah yeah
4: what a book what a what a novel good (laughs) book So, let's see who goes first. What are you drinking today?
3: I'm having a nice pinotage.
4: Ooh, fancy, fancy. And in a stemless mm. wine glass. Goodness me.
3: In a stemless wine glass, because that's the kind that fits in my dishwasher.
4: <laughs> there you go. Practicality <laughs> over function any day of the week. I'm very proud of you.
3: Mm. <laughs> Thank you. And what are you drinking?
4: So, my dad brought home uh, chocolate milkshakes from McDonald's because um, my mom's not feeling too well today. Bless her heart. Oh. So I just put a little bit of toffee liqueur in here to make it a mudslide because I'm fancy (gasps) and weird.
3: Luxury. Mm
4: -hmm, mm -hmm. So mine comes in at 18%, I don't know about yours.
3: I think you win.
4: Okay. And I mean,
3: on pure deliciousness alone, I oh, think yeah. you win. That's, that sounds fucking
4: delightful. Like, I don't know why people poo-poo mudslides so much. It is a milkshake with liquor in it. What dreams <laughs> are made of? It's like
3: Dom Pedro's as mm-hmm.
4: well. Yeah. Like, we should bring back, like, you know, making it okay to drink mudslides. You know, I think.
3: Grown up milkshakes, guys. Come Let's on. go.
4: Yeah. I think this is the most persecuted issue out there right now is the fact <laughs> that mudslides <laughs> yes, are. Yes.
3: This is the most persecuted
4: <laughs> issue out
3: there right now.
4: <laughs> it's something that we're not talking about. It's the silent killer, you guys. Come on. <laughs> right. So I must apologize because I wrote this uh, synopsis while I was in the middle of a lecture. So it might not make sense, but Perfect. we're going to give it a go. So Joanna Eberhardt, uh, Eberhardt, played by Nicole Kidman, is a high-powered TV executive for one of the most powerful network networks in America. She is about to release two new shows on the network, which are s- to set the set which are set to send the ratings through the stratosphere. One such show is entitled, I Can Do Better, where a husband and a wife spend a week separated from each other, but in the company of some super hot sex workers. The show then sees whether the couple remain faithful, and then at the end, the spouses choose whether they stay together or not. Unfortunately, the couple in the pilot episode split up because the wife realised she could do better. The husband then shows up to try and kill Joanna. As a result of this, the network decides to fire her, and as her shows are too much of an insurance risk. Understandably, she has a complete mental breakdown. Her husband, Walter Cresby, played by Matthew Broderick, decides to quit his job at the network too, in solidarity with Joanna, though he is merely a vice assistant executive, so it's not that big a deal. Walter then suggests that they take their kids and move out of Manhattan and into the suburbs. So they decide to move to Stepford in Connecticut. It's this beautiful gated community with sprawling lawns, massive mansions, and high-tech gadgets as far as the eye can see. It is a paradise, and both Walter and Joanna fall in love with the place immediately. They are shown around their house by Claire Wellington, played by Glenn Close, She seems like she's just stepped out of the 1940s ad for dishwashing liquid. She's dressed in a long, flowing pastel skirt and a tight-fitting white blouse. Her manners and sensibilities are out of the same era too, and she simply can't understand how Joanna can be like this, all dressed in black and more powerful than her husband. We also get to meet Claire's husband, Mike, played by Christopher Walken, who runs the whole operation. Things only get weirder from there. Joanna and Walter meet some of the other people from the town, and they all seem exactly the same as Claire. All the women are, are these prim and proper housewives who dote on their husbands. Surprisingly, they are, also, uh, they are all also super hot blondes with massive breasts and tiny waists. In contrast, all their husbands are these fat little gross men. Joanna is super sus of all this, but then runs into a few normal people. She meets Bobby Markowitz, played by uh, Bette Midler, who is this fast-talking feminist author from New York who constantly fights with her husband about cleaning the house and doing other traditionally woman jobs.
3: I'm obsessed with her. Oh,
4: she's wonderful. Bette Midler. Oh, OK, we'll get into it because, yeah. (sighs) Yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: No, we can't. We can't. We start on (laughs) Bette Midler now.
4: (laughs) Joanna also meets Roger Bannister, played by Roger Butt, who is this flamboyant gay man. And uh, that's his whole personality, basically. So the three of them wander around Stepford, trying to figure out what the hell is going on. In the meantime, all the men go to this men's club every night. What happens in the men's club is kept super secret, and none of the wives, or Roger, knows anything about it. However, the one night Roger is invited to one of these men's meetings. Unfortunately, whilst he's there, the secret of Stepford is revealed to him. The next day, we see Roger, who has totally lost all of his flamboyance. He's running for the Senate, and is acting super weird, in the fact that he's actually acting super normal. Joanna and Bobby are... well, well, normal. I don't know if normal is yeah. great wording. Uh, let, let's call it Stepford. Stepford normal. Straight.
3: Heteronormative. Very exactly. heteronormative. There you go. Heteronormative. Very, there very
4: heteronormative. Yeah. So jo- Joanna and Bobby are super worried about him because he's just acting like all the other cookie cutter people in Stepford. Joanna is freaking out and tries to convince Walter to leave, saying there's something seriously wrong. He has a little freak out and says he wants a divorce. And this scares Joanna and she uh, agrees to stay a bit longer and try to make it work. She tries to imitate the Stepford wives and starts dressing in bright colours and baking lots and lots of cupcakes. This is all until she goes to visit Bobby, and she has changed too. She's skinnier, she's blonde now, and she's cleaned the whole house and started baking. She has become a Stepford wife. Joanna runs to Walter, but he has another freakout. But this time, all the men are at his house. That's when Mike reveals the whole plan. Basically, all the women in Stepford have been transformed into these robotic beings. Basically, they have chips in their brains which control them and make them more docile. They were all powerful women before, but their husbands felt weak, incompetent, and flaccid. So Mike came up with this idea to turn them into these robots so that they could be subservient to their men. Now Walter is going to do the same to Joanna. So Joanna seems to be turned into one of these robot things at first, and everything is perfect. That is until, one e- uh, until the evening of 4th of July, uh, when they have a big party, and Walter sneaks off and finds the mainframe that controls all of the women. He systematically turns off all their programming, and the women turn back into their previous selves. As you can imagine, they are furious. Turns out that Walter couldn't go through with turning Joanna into a robot, and so they come up with this plan to free all of the women. In a rage, Mike tells to, uh, tries to kill Joanna, but Walter intervenes and tries to hit Mike with a candlestick. Walter ends up taking Mike's head clean off for because he is, in fact, a robot. The mastermind behind this whole thing is actually Claire. She is a microbiologist and tech genius, and she hated the fact that women were learning that they didn't have to be subservient to their men, and so decided to create Stepford. In the end, Walter and Claire leave Stepford and everyone is, has returned, is returned to normal. Claire dies too, and everyone else lives happily ever after. The end.
3: The end. And Chad, what is your clip hanger from a treasure trove of oh. excellent clip hangers? Oh,
4: just the misogyny that is peppered throughout mm. this movie. It has to be this one. Show me, show her.
1: Show me what?
4: It's a promotional
1: thing I've been working on for when we go global. Walt, I don't think you've seen this. Some guys ask, how do we do it? In layman's terms, it's really pretty simple. Come on along. First, we take a gloomy, dissatisfied woman. Then, in a very private experience between husband and wife, he gently places her in our female improvement system. It's fully automated. And then, abracadabra. Her transformation begins. First, we locate her brain. We insert a few nano chips. Then we program them. Also, we add some secret special ingredients. To avoid any accidents, the husband is kept at a comfortable distance. Safety first. Finally, we enhance her to fit the ideal Stepford Wife specifications. And... Voila! Everything is copacetic. Welcome to the future. It's a painting again. should explain you see my real name isn't mike it's it's just a nickname from where i used
4: to work where microsoft nasa disney aol
2: is that why the women are so slow
4: that and it's just like okay guys i understand that you took the source material of this and then you just (laughs) decided to just like ram it home and really push the agenda of the movie uh, of the book yeah yeah yeah. what what, how did you feel about this movie
3: i i love this movie to be honest like i think Mm -hmm. it's weird and it's really fun like the whole cast is flawless like every glenn close right are you kidding me
4: could they have gotten a more perfect woman really genuinely so good
3: bet midler flawless Mm -hmm. Mm
4: -hmm.
3: nicole kidman as always incredible like it, yeah um oh nate matthew broderick
4: yeah oh my god perfect he's the perfect guy. like yeah the casting of this was just insane like they got the best people even christopher walken like he had a smaller part yes. like, he was so good at what he did
3: so good
4: insane insanely good to cast yeah and I, I completely agree with you it is it is a lot of fun you know it is it is one of those movies that's just like unbelievably frustrating as well because they say all these things that just like really hit your soul wrong <laughs> You know, I find
3: it I find it interesting because whenever we cover like really like sexist stuff like this, like Uh you feel like so much like indignant rage and I'm just (laughs) like, oh, yeah, it do be that way. (laughs) <laughs> this is my lived experience. <laughs> I
4: think that's exactly why, right? I mean, you're just like, yeah. you know, when you've been living in a house that's on fire for so long, of course you've got a tan. Yeah, you're just where like, Where for oh. me, yeah, I'm just burnt by this stuff. You're like, like,
3: wait, there's fire over here too? Yeah,
4: it's it's unbelievable. I think it's a horrible thing. Like, I'm so glad you could laugh about it. And like, But I guess it's one of those situations where if you don't laugh, you cry.
3: Oh, you'll cry and cry. <laughs>
4: Now, as far as the way you haven't read Stephen White's, have you?
3: Mm-mm. So my next question was going to be mm-hmm. how how does this compare to the book, both in terms of like accuracy mm-hmm. and sort of exploring like the themes? Mm-hmm.
4: No, absolutely. So like in terms of like exploring the themes, it is pretty, pretty great in terms of that. I mean, you know, the, the theme is the fact that, you know, um, when Ira Levine wrote this, it was a time of that sort of progression and things. And so it really does capitalize on that fact that, you know, these women are becoming high powered and like the men are feeling sort of very uh, flaccid and emasculated and stuff like that. And so the movie does talk to that. What's what's nice about Ira Levine and what, what I like about his novels, I can never remember if Ira Levine is a man or a woman, and it drives me crazy. Ira
3: is a man's man. But it's yes. also... Do you want to do a quick Yeah,
4: novel? I'm going to do a quick... It is a man. You don't
3: just misgender him yeah, exactly. the whole time.
4: <laughs> exactly. It's going to come back from his grave. What I love about his books, and this will go into a bit of my scene that could have saved it, but basically he always ends his books on like a sad and an evil and a bad note. Like nothing is happily resolved ah. ever in any of his novels. So this book Fun. ends with uh, Joanna being turned into a Stepford wife, like for real. <gasps>
0: Um, Yeah, which is really, really intense.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of his books, that's what you would say at the end of every Ira Ira (laughs) Levine novel is, oh, that's a bummer. And and yeah, like that's what I liked about his writing. But what is cool about this movie is it does speak to the basis of the relationship of the key characters, of the protagonists, in the fact that in the novel, it is very clear that the two love each other so much. And in this, you also see that, which I thought was really, really nice. They kept that sort of thing. Like Walter flails a bit and he like has a little bit of lapse of judgment but then he comes back at the end and he's like no i love my wife she might not be perfect but i don't want perfect and that's really sweet i thought that was really nice
3: yeah, I really liked, like, also the fights that they have. Like, his problem with her isn't that she's too successful. Mm-hmm. It's that she's gotten to a point where she's driven herself into, like, unhappiness. Mm-hmm. Like, like her need for success has made her an unhappy person who is difficult to be around. Yeah. And that's his concern. It's not like, oh, I feel emasculated all the time. Like, he doesn't really care too much about that. He's mm-hmm. just like, I miss... us i miss you which i think is really sweet and i think that was super well done like the two of them did such a great job Mm -hmm. with like that whole relationship yeah
4: absolutely and it's very clear that they still love each other i mean what's really nice about it is you know there's that great scene where uh walter decides he's like fuck it i want a divorce like this is just not working anymore yeah and and joanna's just like okay no i will i will try and change and she fucking does like she basically does a whole 180 and becomes this like perfect step of wife who like but bakes so many cupcakes (laughs)
3: Truly, <laughs> truly an insane amount of cupcakes.
4: <laughs> you know, overachievers and what they do, like whatever they turn their mind to, they just do it over the top. And that is exactly what she did in this film with the, the the cupcake thing. And I think going back to the point, like, it is really nice to see that relationship. Like, no one's digging their heels in. No one's, like, refusing to change. She, like, yeah. she wants to work on the relationship. She, she clearly yeah. loves him. And I thought that was a really nice touch.
3: Yeah. No, for sure. I, I totally agree. Yeah. I um, I also, I loved then the comparison of that to, like, Bette Midler and her husband. <laughs> I love her <laughs> yeah. so much. Every time he's like, did you make the sandwiches? <laughs> so and she's good. like, did you?
4: <laughs> Perfect. It's so good. It's so good. Will you clean the house? Will you? Oh, what an answer. Yeah. Fucking <laughs> yes. Brilliant.
3: <laughs> I'm sorry. Do you not live here? Do yeah. you not eat here? Like- exactly.
4: Yeah. And it's, it's <sighs> not even like, like, it's not like an excuse, like, There's no right way to phrase this, but you can almost understand it from, like, if he was the sole breadwinner kind of thing. Then they each have sort of their jobs. Like, it's not right. It's not the way it should be because you should contribute to the house. I completely agree. Yeah. But if that was the case, then he may have an argument. He may have an argument. But, but the fact yeah. is, he doesn't. He doesn't. He's not the breadwinner. She makes money from the mo- novels and shit. And yeah. so he should be doing that stuff. He should be contributing to try and help.
3: Yeah. yeah. And whenever she asks why he doesn't do the stuff, he's like, oh, because I have a penis. And it's like, okay, cool.
4: Okay. <laughs> it's probably well very small, I'm sure. <laughs> so what, like, what did you not like about this movie? Is there anything in particular that you didn't enjoy?
3: Honestly, not really. Um, I think there mm-hmm. was a shocking lack of people of color in this movie. Like, there wasn't even, like, <laughs> a token black couple <laughs> in the background, <laughs> you know? Um, but, yeah. like, I guess this was framed, like, it was framed as being made by a woman who just wants to go back to, quote, simpler times. So maybe introducing mm-hmm. race mm-hmm. politics into that, Um didn't really factor in to her like precious world view. Um but at the same time, there is a gay couple and like the issue with them isn't that they're gay, it's just that the one guy um isn't like an amazing supportive husband in the way that his husband wants him to be.
4: And that's the key bit, isn't it? It's that as he wants him to be. Because, you know, Roger is such a great character and he's just lovely. And and and, he's so
3: sweet. he's, He's so funny. Yeah,
4: exactly. And and obviously like his husband just wants to kill that vibe from him, which Again, why would you marry someone like that? And then, yeah. you know... Yeah, don't... Guys, don't marry people that you just want to change. It, yeah. it won't work out for you. Seriously. Take that from a single person. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's okay. Um, <laughs> But yeah, like, I think... The joy of this movie as well, though, is like the little lines, Um, you know, the one lines yeah. that are brilliant. I mean, there's that line that Bet Midler and uh, sorry, uh, Glenn Close says where she's like, I envisioned this perfect world. And where could I go where the old school sensibilities would still be o- OK? And I thought Connecticut. And I <laughs> haven't laughed that hard in <laughs> weeks.
3: She delivers it perfectly.
4: <laughs> it is so, so great. Um, And yeah, like, yeah, in terms of bad things, I think maybe who
0: not like honestly I've got nothing
3: bad to say about this movie like they do hammer at home quite a bit but that is you know the point exactly I I genuinely like I find this movie to be a really good time I do think it's a little funny that they're like oh look at Nicole Kidman who is so slovenly (laughs) <laughs> and doesn't care about being attractive, but she's like beautiful in everything <laughs> yes. she wears. She's like in a tracksuit and 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 a sweater and stuff, and she looks
4: incredible. Yeah, exactly. It is so good, and and yeah, you. It's one of those again where you got to suspend your belief and be like, oh no, you know she is hideous. She's a hideous yes. human being. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know, and I think that's that's a, a good point you make as well. It's the fact as well that all these men. Are just the worst in the fact that they're like (sighs) chubby little gross men. It's not
3: even that like... It's not, like, you know, it's not saying that, like, just because you're, like, chubby or a bit of a nerd that you're not, like, deserving of love and affection. No, no, no. Definitely not what I'm saying. Everyone's obviously deserving of, like, love and respect and affection. But it's just, like, the effort that they're expecting from Mm -hmm. their wives (laughs) compared to the effort that they're willing to put in.
4: Exactly. That is exactly the point. And it is just remarkable to see that because I guess, like, it would have been good to see... Well, I guess it would have defeated the purpose of the movie. But if, if, like, even one of the guys was like, can you make me sort of that attractive and beautiful as you are to the Stepford Wives? Because, like, clearly you've got the tech to do that. Just don't do the brainwashing stuff. Exactly. And that way I can have, like, (laughs) six-pack abs and shit.
3: This is also, like, um, I guess this is a bit my scene that could have saved it. I don't know mm-hmm. if this shows up in the novel. Like, I understand we're talking about a book adaptation here. But something I think would have been um, interesting to include is how much, like, this attitude actually hurts men as well.
4: Right, okay. Like,
3: I would have liked to see a scene where these guys, you know, they have these wives that do whatever they want and, like, are obsessed with them and, like, so beautiful and perky. But, like... You're still missing out on, like, a real connection with someone Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, right? Like, there's still, like, there's no real intimacy there. There's no real, Mm. like, trust and support and, like, love in their lives. It must be, like, so empty and, like, so sad and, like, lonely. Yeah,
4: yeah. Because there's
3: no one, like, there who's, like, trying to understand you and work with you. And it would have been cool to maybe see, like that effect on one of like just one of the characters as a representative mm-hmm. where he's just like in this big house and he's got this perfect life and his wife is like obsessed with him and making him whatever he wants mm-hmm. and he's just like still like feeling like so alone
4: oh that would have been cool that would have been very very cool yeah even if like you know, try, keep it more to sort of Ira Levine's um, original ending with sort of Joanna being turned into um, a, yeah. a, a robot thing. And then you have Walter being like, wow, I have made the hugest fucking mistake of my life because I am so miserable yeah. now. And that's also, like, it, it keeps with the sort of allegory of the tale. So why the hell yeah, not? Yeah, for yeah. Sure. What I love about the book, and I, I, I highly recommend you read I'd it. I'd love to. It's yeah. so good. is basically, like, how they get, so the book is more them are they are actually robots they're not sort of like these humans with chips in their mind they are actually right. robots and so what they do is they get the woman while they're still alive to read the dictionary and have them record it like there's a like a, there's a guise yeah. for why they need you to do it but basically they get all the women to record voice record every single word in the dictionary so that they have a voice box when they turn oh, over no. it's brilliant it was such a great little piece of like just like really? technical detail. Yeah, it was super, super creepy. Great, great book. I love everything from Ira Levine. Go read his stuff. So good. Chef's kiss. Cannot speak enough about the guy. Okay.
3: I need another audiobook after the one I'm listening to now, so
4: Yeah. I would start I would start with um A Kiss Before Dying because okay. it's, what's frustrating about it is that he wrote it when he was twenty three. How dare he? Thank you. Yeah, exactly.
0: And you'll... And <laughs> you know I'm going to
3: get that. You know that's going to be my reaction. How exactly. dare someone have their shit together it's more than me, a 28-year-old with every privilege in the world.
4: How dare he? How dare this I'm actually, man? I'm actually... I'm
3: 27. I'm not 28. I'm yeah, nowhere near 28. Don't, I don't, don't know do why that. I, why are you doing that? Why am I rounding up?
4: Like, don't round up. Always round down now. We're almost 30. <laughs> we can't round up anymore. Shut up. <laughs> Oh, it's it's disgusting. It's disgusting. I hate it. Um, but yeah, so he was 23 when he wrote that, and you'll read the prose of uh, A Kiss Before Dying, mm. and you'll just be like, fuck this guy. Fuck him and his perfect ability to write. How dare he?
3: I, I feel that all the time.
4: <laughs> so you're seeing that could have saved it. It's um, what, to do with the, the yeah. loneliness?
3: Just showing, like, how, you know... This attitude is hurtful across the board. It's not just like shitty for yeah. women who have to deal with it. Like it actually genuinely hurts men as well because mm-hmm. they feel like, like they're missing out on a really fulfilling, healthy relationship yeah. that could benefit them and make their lives better too, yeah. right? Like this is how the patriarchy harms men. Yeah, exactly.
4: <laughs> exactly. You're so right. And that's the point of a relationship, isn't it? It's to be able to talk and like bounce yeah. off. You know, you're listening to other people's problems and they are listening to yours. That's what a relationship is yeah. all about. Yeah, yeah. Communication, yeah. guys.
3: What's your scene that could have saved it? Uh,
4: my scene that could have saved it is I would have just, like, l- I love a good sad ending. So, you know, I do like what Oh, they you did. wanted the original? Yeah, I like the original ending. You know, have Joanna turn into the thing, and then it's just bleak. I do not think uh, there is not enough bleak ending movies in the mainstream media out there I want more sadness
3: I love the ending when they're on Larry King
4: yeah and
3: they're (laughs) (laughs) Bette Midler's talking about the new book that she has coming (laughs) out what's it called like wait till he's asleep then cut it off off or something (laughs)
4: larry king's face when she says that
3: <laughs> all of all of her book titles just as an aside mm-hmm. are fucking gold i think the other one is like about her mother and it's called yeah. i love you <laughs> but please die
4: <laughs> you just know she has this really gross flat up in like you know upper manhattan it's just newspapers everywhere oh, papers everywhere oh. and it's just this tidy little loft and it's just you know a wine in a flask Ah, she's beautiful. Love Bette Midler.
3: I want to be her best friend. She's so great
4: in this. Like, I I, I love Bette Midler so much. She's got this, like, really nice power walk, which just fills you with so Mm. much joy. I love her. Mm. And
3: nobody looks smug like Bette Midler looks
5: (laughs) smug.
4: (laughs) Should we get that that printed on a t shirt? No one looks smug like (laughs) Bette Midler looks smug. (laughs) And then it's just her face looking smug. Oh, goodness. So, would you watch this again?
3: Yeah, I would. It's honestly a delight of a movie with a great cast. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know why it scored so low. I really fucking love this movie. Yeah,
4: no, I completely agree with you. I was actually, I was a bit hesitant walking in on this because I've seen this before like a long time ago. Yeah. And I remember not enjoying it. And then watching it again now, I'm just like, what a fool I was. This movie is delightful.
3: Bomb, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, speaking of not bomb movies.
4: (laughs) Shall we, shall we gulliver this travel? (laughs) There are few things better on this earth than settling down with a good book and losing yourself in its pages for hours. Unfortunately, with the demands of our modern lives, the time we can dedicate to reading is growing shorter and shorter. Simone and I love to read, but our lives are just so busy, we aren't able to get through all the books on our shelves. But that doesn't have to stop us from reading. Simone and I have made the switch to audiobooks. It's a great way to digest the content you're looking for in a book, while still being able to go about your day-to-day tasks. It's like having someone read you a bedtime story, but instead of going to sleep, you could be driving to work, doing the dishes, or ignoring your tyrant of a boss. If you like reading as much as Simone and me, but don't have the time, we have a special offer for you. Head over to audiobooks.com through the link in the show notes, and you'll get three audiobooks for free. This includes two books from their VIP section. Audiobooks.com is a great website with over 200,000 titles for you to choose from, all of them professionally produced. We know you'll find something you'll love, but in case you need any help, I would suggest reading Open Book by Jessica Simpson. You'll be pleasantly surprised by the valuable and deep insights Miss Simpson has to offer. It's well worth the read. So head over to audible.com through the link in our show notes and get your first three audiobooks for free. We love you and there's nothing you can do about it. Goodbye.
3: Okay, so I'm using, I'm heavily leaning on the IMDb synopsis for this because it nah. is difficult. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Oh, goodness me.
3: So bear with me, everyone. Lemuel Gulliver, played by Jack Black, is coasting through life. He works in the mailroom of a publishing house in New York. He is happy living out his days under doing his potential. That is, until a new employee, Dan, played by TJ Miller, comes in and is promoted to head of the mailroom on the first day by doing very basic networking. (laughs) It's at this point that Gulliver is like, huh, maybe I need to start upping my game. He talks to travel editor and his giant crush, Darcy Silverman, played by Amanda Peet, and he tells her, no, he's super keen on signing up to be a travel writer. He... plagiarizes a bunch of travel writing articles she's like oh this is great because there's this like boat trip i really didn't want to do out to the bermuda triangle would you be willing to do it and he's like too late to back out now so he does while he is on this trip he gets sucked into a giant whirlpool and is knocked unconscious he wakes up on the island of lily Lilliput. Lilliput? yep
4: All hail Lilliput.
3: All pinned down to the ground by tiny, tiny people. He's been captured by General Edward, played by Chris O'Dowd. He is then paraded through the streets of the kingdom and brought before the royal family. King Theodore, played by Billy Connolly. Queen Isabel, played by the hilarious Catherine Tate. And Princess Mary, (laughs) played by Emily Blunt. The Lilyputians immediately put him to work, they make him work the fields, <laughs> they keep him in a dank cave at night, and this is where he meets a fellow prisoner, Horatio, played by Jason Siegel. Jason Siegel, um or Horatio, has been jailed for because he uh cast eyes on the princess when he had no right to do so. <laughs> so, while he's working the fields one day, the alarm bells sound. It is the enemies of the Lilyputchins, the uh what are they fucking called? <laughs> I genuinely have no idea. Blifus Yeah. Yep. Yes. The Blufflutions yes. are there. They are trying to kidnap the princess, and the palace is on fire. It's a whole big mess. Luckily, Gulliver's there to save the day. He saves the princess and pays on the fire to put it out. Edward immediately doesn't like him because he gets a lot of that pee. From there on, the Lilliputians really warm up to Gulliver. They give him whatever they want, whatever he wants. They build him a big house by the ocean. They feed him, um, and life's pretty good. Especially because he uses a lot of popular movies and says that they're his life. He tells them about his princess <laughs> Darcy back home. Everything seems great. However, Edward does not like him he doesn't like that he's helping horatio woo the princess mary he doesn't like that now gulliver is promoted to the new general giving edward a (laughs) bit of a break so he goes to the blufflutions and he's like launch a cannonball attack i'm gonna help you because this is bullshit he thinks that gulliver won't handle it but he definitely does because he's enormous (laughs) uh and general edward is furious. Meanwhile, uh, they find his old boat. He checks his messages on his phone, which has somehow survived. (laughs) And uh, he finds that (laughs) Darcy has figured out that he plagiarized everything. She wonders where he is. She is on her way. He hopes they don't find it. Okay. Edward also goes to the Belflucians and builds a robot so he can challenge (laughs) Gulliver to a duel. It does not go well. He he exposes Gulliver as a fraud and they send him off to the island that no one talks about on a huge wrath and the Blaflutians take over Lilliput and it's everything looks bad especially because Darcy washes up on the shore of Lilliput and is also captured while he's on the island uh, he is used as a doll by a very giant girl so he is very small Horatio comes after him, convinces him to escape, and tells him to buck up. He comes back. He saves the day. He woos Darcy back, even though she's furious at him. Um, and he puts an end to the war by doing a spirited rendition of War. What is it good for? And that that's it. That's Forgot that's the movie. That. He goes home. He's now a travel writer anyway. Um, and he and Darcy are together. And he's reached his potential more. The end.
4: The end. And so what is your cliffhanger for this one then, Simone? Uh,
3: my cliffhanger is this one.
5: What are you doing in my chambers?
1: I have come to court you, as I always do at this time of day.
5: This is not the time of day for courting. You cannot just barge in.
1: I can court you when I wish to court you.
5: I am not in the mood to be courted. I have a headache.
0: It is your womanly duty. Section 4.2 of the official courting doctrine... Edward,
5: I am unsure about things between us. It be not you, it be me, but I am very unsure.
2: That
0: maketh no sense. We are to be married, you are to be my bride.
5: We are not in love. We are not in love. What do you love about me? Name one thing. Inappropriate, Edward. Reach for it. One second. Take take your time.
0: I find you
1: absolutely satisfactory.
5: No, Edward, that is not enough to say that someone is average or adequate or moderate. I, I, I want to be loved for who I am. There's an awful lot going on up here. Is there? Now you're being cruel and frankly melodramatic and acting like a complete baby. You are
2: acting like a little princess. I
5: am a princess. But
2: maybe you should act like a princess.
5: Gulliver was so right about you. Why don't we all just
2: listen to the beast? Don't
5: call him that.
2: He's a big ugly beast and you should know better. Get out. You cannot break our engagement, it is a fate worse than death.
0: Get
5: out!
2: You will be sorry you ever crossed General Edward.
3: (laughs) And it's just this, like, fun back and forth. I don't know. It was a good scene. Chris O'Dowd doing an English accent and being, like, the bad guy. Yes. Instead of being, like, the hard-put-upon Irish Mm -hmm. fellow is really nice.
4: (laughs) Yeah. It's a good character difference for him. It's it's lovely. Yeah. 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 It's... Yeah.
3: Uh Jason Segel does an okay British accent that he drops about a quarter of the way into the movie.
4: Yeah, yeah, it's possible and then people keep having to remind him that he is supposed to be British and then he remembers yeah. halfway through a scene and he's like, "Ah, oh, right, and then yeah." It's like, "Ah." It's fine. This is an easy check for me. This will buy my second home. Yeah. Yeah. Um I do love like there are like this movie is odd in the fact that it's just like it tries so very hard to be funny and and it doesn't oh, it do drives. great. There is a great scene, though, like, with Emily Blunt, where she is being kidnapped for the first time by the Flabalutions. Yes. And she's just like, oh, no, I'm being kidnapped. Yes, you are being kidnapped. And it's just dry. And,
3: cr- yeah, like,
4: that's where the comedy in this lies, I think.
3: See, I thought that was building up to something. Like, this was all elaborately staged because right? she, like, wants to get away or something. Yes. um, But no, yes. that's just, like, they're weird reactions to the inevitability does this happen all the time but at the same time it's not like the source material is any more serious
5: yes
3: (laughs) because i thought jack black like i I thought it was his creative direction that he pees on the building to put the fire out but that happens Mm -hmm. in the book
5: Mm -hmm.
4: that's a
3: real thing gulliver does except it gets him in trouble
4: yeah yeah
3: and also, the main reason for the war was because they argued over the proper way to cook eggs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, it is. It's one of those things like it is sort of 1800s humor. And you you got to ask yourself, do we bring 1800s humor into the 21st century?
3: And is Jack Black the man to do it?
4: Exactly. Exactly. So, you know what? Maybe, you know, let's leave things from the 1800s unmovified, let's not film yeah. them. I think that's the the way forward with these kind of things. Uh, you know, we've got so many, so, such great sort of content out there. We don't, we don't need to do this, I don't think. I think we can just let yeah. these books be books. You know what? They were appropriate for their time, and we can appreciate them yeah. in book form for their time.
3: This was all, like, this whole movie just felt like a series of very baffling decisions. Because, mm-hmm. again, the whole cast is very funny. Yes,
4: yes. You've got some great people in there. Yes.
3: Great actors. And I feel like none of them were really used to their potential, except Jack Black doing, like, Jack Black things. Mm
4: -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: but that was it.
4: Yeah, no, absolutely. It was. It was sort of like we're gonna bring in these names. It's kind of how I feel, and I I must caveat this with saying that I haven't seen it yet. But um, it, it makes uh-huh. me. It reminds me of sort of the Secret Life of Walter Mitty, which is based off of a short story. Yeah. And I feel like it's just let's get all of these really famous mm. actors into the into the script so that we can try and carry I this. I really movie. liked it. Oh, did you? Is it good? Yeah.
3: It wasn't. It wasn't funny, but it's very charming. Okay,
4: fair enough. Um, but yeah, yeah like. Charming out, turns out, okay. like that's that's my feeling about this it's, it's definitely that feeling of um let's just carry this movie with the names in it instead of actually like making it funny and you know bringing it into the 21st century with these kind of things i i yeah. this movie also perpetuates my belief that it is written into every jack black contract that he has to do a song at some point because there's not one yeah. thing i haven't seen jack black in where he doesn't do a song in any movie, even in his cameo in Community, he did a song.
5: <laughs> he did, didn't yeah. He?
4: I think, and he also also he he's not allowed to wear pants in a scene. I think that's also in mm, his contract because mm, mm. yeah, he's
3: he's fat and it's funny.
4: Simone, that is comedy. I cannot tell you <laughs> enough how funny it is to see a. Fat man to without make his pants.
3: Fun of fat bodies.
4: God, it's <laughs> how are you not getting this? Like that scene with the cannonballs when they bounce off his stomach. I was just like, <laughs> oh, cool, cool. Because
3: at first I was like, surely, like that would be like like a uh, buckshot. Yeah. Surely, like it would still hurt like a bitch. <laughs> yeah,
4: exactly. <laughs> yeah, but no, it just bounces off of his fat, and we laugh and we laugh until we cannot laugh again. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I also don't love, as always, that the bad guys were the ethnic looking ones. Yes. and The good guys oh were the white ones. Like, guys, this yeah. was filmed in 2010, yeah. though.
5: We
4: should know better. We should know better. This also, was this is a
3: mystical land. You could definitely have more people of color in there. I don't yeah. think anyone's questioning the historical accuracy of Lilliput.
4: Yeah, exactly. It's, it's vaguely, well, actually not vaguely, but actually problematic. Um, yeah. The, st- the
3: only people of color we see are like the steel workers of yeah. Lilliput. It's yeah. bad.
4: No, it's it's very bad, yeah. Um yeah, also the fact is that, you know, um Gulliver just exploits these people and lies to them. And uh yeah, like that's yeah, like they build like, built oh, him a
3: condom. Sorry, my self-esteem.
4: Yeah. This is <laughs> He
3: does the same thing to Darcy, which like the most infuriating scene. <laughs> She is rightfully upset with him because he's a horrible person who plagiarized his work mm-hmm. and took advantage of her yes. goodwill and fucked up this assignment. So she had to come after him and now she's kidnapped. And he's like, oh, I just I had this crush on you for such a long time. And she's like, oh, I think that's kind of sweet. What?
4: He's like, what? No. What? Wait, no, no, no." creepy
3: mailroom guy who has potentially ruined your life.
4: Yeah yeah come and you're gonna
3: like, oh, it's kind of cute
4: no no you're done like
3: amanda pete come on
4: come on you're better than that you like come on He you, you should she should have just been like have you have you seen me have you seen where we are also like you did yeah. this i'm not ever gonna talk to you again also i do want to say and not to victim blame or anything here right you've worked in editing uh, well, in, in copywriting before i'm pretty sure there are plagiarism checks quite frequently right You'd be
3: surprised.
4: (laughs) No. Really?
3: Well, it seemed like she was doing him a favor, right? So it's not like she was, like, genuinely going through this job application and, like, running it through all the checks. Right. She was just like, oh, wow, this is really good. Like, let me do this guy a solid. He's worked here for years. I don't know if they'd send people off on an assignment right away, though, right? Like, if they're travel writing, you're like, oh, there's, like, an Apple festival in the next town over. (laughs) Why don't you do a piece on that? Like, you start them there. You're not like, hey, you can drive a boat, right? (laughs) And typically, (laughs) like, they'd have a photographer with them. Mm. Like, I mean, the whole thing is just like... It's so silly. It's it's, it's very yeah, silly. Yeah,
4: it's really set up for the movie Yeah, it's yeah fine. exactly. It's you fine. have a good point. But yes. Maybe maybe I'm being a bit bit too too literal and too realistic for this, but yeah, I would think that, you know, if I was a travel writer and I was just like, "Oh, this feels very like Froma yeah. and this feels like another travel thing." I would check those yeah. things. Like just on a, on an instinct. Yeah. I mean, I don't blame her for trusting yeah.
3: him, but also she shouldn't have started with like, "Hey, we're going to spend a bunch of our budget on a writer that we haven't had right for us before."
4: Yeah. <laughs> This is the biggest roll of the dice yeah, exactly. of all time, ever. I'll
3: cover yeah. the Apple Festival. You go to the fucking <laughs> the Bermuda, Bermuda. Triangle.
4: <laughs> so, all right, we've shat on this movie yeah. enough. What did we enjoy about it? Like, let's talk positives. This is what we're I about. I did think
3: it was very funny when they're watching all the plays of the different movies that Jack Black can remember from mm-hmm. memory. It's always funny seeing people's reaction to Star Wars. Yes,
4: yeah. <laughs> that they played lovely. that really yeah.
3: well. Along with the Titanic thing, and Chris O'Dowd being the only one, like, so you died in Titanic. Chris O'Dowd was came back, very yeah. good in this. He made an mm. excellent bad guy, actually. Yeah,
4: no, his his scenes were on point. Like that whole that whole bit with the courting, like like in your scene, uh, the, in your cliffhanger. You know, those court courting scenes are just it's so good. That's uh, so funny. yeah, yeah, he's he's on point, and it kind of reminds me of that guy from um uh, Love Wedding Repeat when we did that, where she's talking and he yes. just goes, "I work in car sales," <laughs> and that's just very much, you know. Uh, the uh, O'Dowd's kind of sense of humor, <laughs> yeah. and and that just works. I think this this movie does lie in its uh, its awkward comedy, mm. uh, and I think that's where where the goodness yeah. comes from. Not some sort for of like sure. Jack Black's sort of OTT comedy. The 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 smaller things really make this yeah. movie just just yeah bearable. Yeah. So, scene that could have saved it.
3: Oh, some form of consequences for Jack Black. Just thank any, you,
4: Jesus. any at all,
3: any at all like I understand the thing is like oh you know he's like peaked and he needs to put himself out there more if he wants to get further in his life mm. and like first of all if you're happy working in the mailroom like genuinely happy in your soul working in the mailroom yeah. like that's fine yeah
4: absolutely Yeah, um, <laughs> you don't need to you know constantly progressing like that's that's a lie capitalism tells us
3: capitalism tells us that we should be constantly hustling and grinding but if you're happy and you, he, he clearly can afford his own apartment on that salary yeah. Like he's fine anyway. Besides that, so he plagiarizes a bunch of articles to fake mm-hmm. a job application, which is actually, I think, illegal, isn't it? Fraud.
4: <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it's it's essentially fraud for a, for a job interview. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: And then he lies, he like goes to this island where he can't drive a boat, but he's like, Yeah, sure, I'll be on a solo boat trip for a while. And then he goes, he lies to all these people. He uses up a metric fuck ton of their resources. In the source material in the book, it's made very clear that like the island basically goes hungry to feed God. Exactly.
4: And they they're just completely fine with it. And he's fine with it.
3: And then he lies to them for no reason. There is no reason for him to be like, oh, I lived Star mm-hmm. Wars and I lived this. And it's just to make himself feel good about himself. It's not actually like growth. It's not him being like, oh, I could be this amazing person or yes. I could be this helpful person. And then poor fucking Amanda Pete comes down, has to rescue him. And like, he just like has all these people being like, but you're not that yeah. bad a guy. But he's
4: awful. But he is. Shit. He
3: is. He has no redeeming qualities, no, exactly. really. He's selfish the whole time, yeah. and it pays off for him. At the end, he's got the girl, he's got the writing job. I I hate it. No, he doesn't have to self reflect at any point. All it is is he's like, oh, yeah. what if I am amazing? And it's like, you're actually not. You're a very standard yeah. guy. And he's like, mm, I'm a very standard guy. And then someone's like, no, but you still have to step up. And he's like, mm, Ooh, okay. Well, that's a lot of work. <laughs> and he does the bare minimum. <laughs>
4: no absolutely it's it's mediocre white guy syndrome we see it time and time oh, again yes you know it's this whole idea that you know oh people just aren't giving me a break you know just not mm. the fact that i you know have this privilege or whatever but yeah no it is yeah. it's it's genuinely outrageous um and and that is actually the for part of my scene that could have saved it as well it's like what is the message of this movie? Because it's clearly, yeah. like, not don't lie, which I thought was, like, the yeah. main thing of this. Because he, d- he doesn't learn, like, oh, telling the truth can actually get me in a better position. Like, he just learns that his yeah. lies can sometimes work out in his favour.
3: Mm, as long as he apologises.
4: Yeah, which is, you know, a very bad message. Like, it's that whole <laughs> tongue-in-cheek thing where it's just like, oh, it's better to ask forgiveness than permission. Well, fuck. That's awful. Like, you're a shitty person. Yeah. If that's your staying, if that's, like, your mantra, you're a shitty person. Ugh, you're the worst. Yes. So, yeah, I just kind of would have liked a fable, some message at the end of this that was just like, oh, right, okay. It's a
3: movie for children, for God's sake.
4: <laughs> yeah, what are we teaching our kids apart from war, huh? What is it good for? Absolutely, Absolutely not. No.
3: Absolutely <laughs> <laughs> nil. I did laugh at that. I was like, this musical number is farcical at best, but that is very funny.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was good. I did enjoy that. (sighs) Okay, so would you watch it again?
3: No. No,
4: right? Absolutely not.
3: It was... I really like Jack Black. I think he's cool. I also do love him in kids' movies. I think he's great for that kind of comedy. Like he knows how to be like silly mm-hmm. and fun and like, you know, not take himself too seriously. But this is not it.
4: No, no. It's it's not his best work. I think, you know, if you want to watch a good Jack Black kids movie, Obviously, it's gotta be School of Rock. Rock. Thank you. Every single yeah. time. It's Every so wholesome
3: time. it makes me cry.
4: It's beautiful. And this is and, and it's kind of the same kind of storyline in a way. He's this piece of shit who lies to everyone but then learns Mm -hmm. but he actually learns that lying isn't a good thing so it takes this message and is actually a good way of doing it yeah Mm. So, I mean, my other question for you then is, like, based on your Sparknote research ah. and watching this movie, would you read Gulliver's Travels?
3: No. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I read the synopsis. I was like, this looks horrible. Especially because apparently at the end of Gulliver's Travels, so in Gulliver's Travels, he actually goes to a lot of different islands and has lots of mm-hmm. different adventures. But yeah. at the end, he, like, reflects on... Um, like the places he's been, and he's like, Oh, yeah, they're all English colonies now because I've found them, even though he's like kind of on the fence about <laughs> colonialism, and like that's the end." Yeah. <laughs>
4: yeah i i got this book for a 21st oh, present no. and so like i pulled it out the other day because it was like up in yeah. the loft and i pulled it out and i looked at it and i'd like visit like i actually shuddered because i just like i read it because mm. you know it's a 21st yeah. present, of course i'm gonna read it and then like i put it down and i was like oh never again and seeing it just brought back those horrible feelings Good old you know like when
3: you oh, show up somewhere it. you fled know, you you that like... flag <laughs>
4: It is ours. How are you not getting those people who are ready live to there?
3: exploit some locals and liberate them?
4: Yeah, it's because you don't understand Christ- Christian religion. So you must be savages and we will teach you, don't even if we it. have to kill and rape your women. We got gotcha. you. Yeah, we got gotcha. you. <laughs> well, thank you for, for taking these words and making them into pictures with me. I really do appreciate mm. you joining me on this weird journey that we've been yeah. on together. Yeah. Yeah, I, so,
3: appreciate, I appreciate it too.
4: So what is your gratitude for this week, friend?
3: My gratitude for this week. So I, I I told you before we started recording, I just had one of those weeks at work where you're just like tired and you're like, mm-hmm. I don't think anyone gets what I'm doing. Like I don't <laughs> I don't know. Um and I had like two of like my coworker superiors um mm-hmm. just reach out to me, like without me saying anything really. Um and they were like, Listen, we see you. <laughs>
5: <laughs>
3: we know how you feel. You're doing great. And that was like all I needed. And it was just like yeah. such a nice reminder that I work in a place where like people genuinely give a shit about me and are like willing to be really empathetic and That's awesome. um yeah, just it was it was really it was a very nice moment for me.
4: That is really nice. I'm so glad because I mean, I know you've had the most issues with employment over the like last year and a half. <laughs> so, I'm just oh, really Chad. happy. <laughs> That you're in a place where you're at a a place where you're happy to be there and yeah. like the people are decent to you and not monsters.
3: <laughs> you know, it's a it's a it's a nice um, <laughs> it's a change of pace. <laughs> no, I've had very lovely bosses before. Um, so it's just it's nice to know, like, I've been like, look- obviously, I've been wanting a, pl- a job where I can stay for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And it's nice to feel that that is a viable option. Yeah
4: absolutely yeah no i'm so glad i'm so chuffed for you dude yeah.
3: yeah what's your gratitude
4: I am in love with all of our uh, our Discord people. They are so nice. Ugh, they are so so, so lovely, funny. and so, like you say, yeah, so funny. And it was just so good. Like I went, I, I checked my Discord in the morning, like when I wake up, and it was just you know I put a message out there because our hundredth episode is coming up pretty soon. Uh, sorry, our yeah, hundredth episode. Yes, mm. yes. Our hundredth, our hundredth yes. episode is coming up pretty soon. So we wanted like ideas for for what we want to do for a hundredth episode, and just the barrage, the flood of people who came to our aid, like Rohan at the Battle of Helm's Beat just fucking coming in there with suggestions and it was just so nice to know that people like, like what we do appreciate you know the characters that we yeah. come up with the things that we say and yeah it was just so lovely to 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 see that even
3: our friends at the Girl Crush podcast who are like oh who like commented on our Instagram and oh they're so lovely they're mm-hmm. so oh, we well, are so lucky to have friends at the Girl Crush podcast they're like the coolest nicest people
4: yeah and it's weird that they think that about us like that freaks me out a yes! little like it's so weird it's so so weird um <laughs> Um, but yeah, again, like, you know, to extend it, but yeah, mainly for our Discord people. And I hope you're sitting in your cars or you're at home, people who are on our Discord and be like, that's me. I'm that. Because it is you. Um, yeah. But yeah, we we have got such like a great podcast community. Like, you know, the people we've met over this journey has just been insane. Like yeah. Dana Bowman, the Girl Crush podcast, like uh, fucking David Alt. You know? Oh
3: my god, we're friends with David Alt. It's
4: so weird <laughs> to be friends with all these wonderful people, and I'm so glad that we are I listen to the this.
3: No Sleep podcast, and I'm like, oh, hey, it's my friend, David Alt." It's friend. <laughs> and he's like, who are they again?
4: <laughs> yeah, I'm going to message him when we're able to move around and stuff, and be like, I'm going to come up to Yorkshire so we can have a beer. And he's going to be like, who are you? Who? Who? Who?
3: I'm sorry? <laughs> I'm very famous. No, lovely.
4: He would never... No. He, he would invite me around. We'd have lots of beers and then I'd He'd probably... pretend
3: to remember who you are until it actually clicks, yeah, you know? Yeah,
4: exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, I'm just really grateful for all the people we've met, but more specifically yeah. with our Discord people. Absolutely love them. Yeah. So, Simone, what are we going to do next week? Do you have any ideas?
3: Yes. So, I have yes. a very intense week up ahead of me. And you know what yes. I do to relax... <laughs>
4: I'm nervous.
3: Besides horror. Besides horror. Because I feel like we've done horror relatively recently. What I do to relax in these times is some good old-fashioned teen angst. Yes!
4: I love teen angst. Yes! Let's do it! And
3: Chad, I have found just the thing.
4: Yes, tell me all the things. I'm so ready. So these are
3: two movies that are supposed to be part of a four-part series. Oh, my God. The movies are based on a book. That is based on a One Direction fan fiction. Oh
4: my god. Oh my god. I might cry. This is perfect.
3: Oh yes. Holy shit. Oh yes. Oh my god. Yes. So these two movies are called After and After We Collided.
4: I've heard of the second, I haven't heard of the first. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Oh my god.
3: So that's what we're doing next week, Chad. We are just going to get into our feels. We're going to watch 25-year-olds play much younger people. Oh my god,
4: they're going to be so upset about sex and drugs.
3: They're going to be crying so much. Oh, I'm so
4: excited for them to be asking Mm. who they are when they look deep, deep into a mirror. Mm,
3: I'm going to be watching, guessing which one is the Zane, which one is the Harry, which one is the Nile. this is
4: going to be great. I'm going to (laughs) listen to so much One Direction this week just to try and get in the heads of Mm. the people. This is going to be a beautiful week.
3: Honestly, Harry styles latest stuff has been mm-hmm. great so
4: mm-hmm.
3: Ever since- his solo albums have actually been quite okay. fire that's
4: that's fair enough i i mean i, I just so you know thank you just... I, <laughs> I will defer to your your judgment on this one <laughs> <laughs> that's exciting i'm so excited for teen angst week oh this is gonna be so good yes yeah. i might wear a leather mm-hmm. bracelet just to celebrate who knows
3: Ooh. let's see what happens i'm trying to think of what like teen protagonist girls wear these days but i'm so out of the loop like i don't even know like
4: a, Short pencil skirt, I want to say, but again, I don't know. Like, I feel old now. I don't
3: know. I'll figure
4: it out. <laughs> oh, yes.
3: Definitely a center part, right? Like, this yes. is Gen Z, so I should definitely center part my hair. The
4: bravery to go with a center part. Can I just say that? Like, wow. <laughs> <laughs>
3: You can honestly tear my side part out of my cold dead hands. Yeah. I do not look good with the center part. It doesn't work with my bone structure. Very
4: few people do. Zach Braff couldn't pull it off, and he tried it for years. So it's it's not oh a thing. God, he did. It's not a thing. So yeah, to, to to middle part with so many people. Oh, she's doing it for all of our for all of our non YouTube listeners. Oh no. You know it was it's there. She's tried it. It doesn't look no, too bad. I don't like it. It doesn't look too bad to be. Fair. It changes your face dramatically.
3: Yeah, I don't like it. I don't like it. There we go. Never mind. Let's never do that on again. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, I don't think my hair could do that. This is great podcasting. Oh, there it is. That's the mm. look. Uh. <laughs> that is the look.
3: <laughs> no Chad. Right? That's um that's very that's 90s.
4: Very 90s. That's that's Prince Charming in Shrek too. Mm. Good lord. Nope. Mm. Never again. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. Put it back. <laughs> So that'll be fun. Our
3: hair safely parted to the yes. side again. <laughs>
4: thank you guys so much for listening we really do appreciate it please go check out that last five minutes of insanity that was on our YouTube video they come out exactly the same time as the audio episodes so please go check out our YouTube mm-hmm. channel and even if you don't just give us a subscribe it's really really uh, like helpful for us on the YouTube yeah. side of things if we just get those likes same as with the get podcast
3: Algorithm going. come on
4: guys our worlds are run by algorithms just click those buttons we really would appreciate it and also if you have things to say to us you know like we said it's our 100th episode coming up pretty soon so NEI any- Ideas, any thoughts about what movies we could do, any fun games we could play, let us know. We would love to hear from you guys. And where can they do that, Simone?
3: They can talk to us on Facebook or Instagram at Fresh Tomatoes Podcast, on Twitter at Fresh Tomatoes MP. They can email us at Fresh Tomatoes Podcast at gmail.com. There
4: you have it. And as we say, at the end of every episode, we love,
3: we love you, and, you, you and, there's and there's nothing you, nothing
0: you can, can
4: do about it. it. Goodbye.
3: Goodbye. Goodbye.
2: Among them, two former rivals whose blood feud will tear West Virginia apart in their epic struggle for survival. Chad, a vault bro who has a strength of 15, an intelligence of two, and is a complete wasteland dickhead. And so many nukes. Chad, a Fallout 76 podcast. Rated R. Now streaming on your holotape player podcasty thing.